You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome to Locked and Loaded. I am Roger B., your host today, where we talk about guns, gun laws, gun stuff, gun everything. You're listening to America's Web Radio. We're going to see if we can inform you, entertain you, and maybe even do something silly to make you laugh. But today we're going to start with gun pe- guns that people are trying to take away from us. Oh, my God, it is insane how many people don't want American citizens to have weapons. Now, I'm sure you've heard of uh, Representative Eric Swalwell. He was the one who said, if, if when Americans said, oh, if you try and take our guns, we'll fight back, he goes, well, we have nukes and we'll use them. So he threatened to use nukes on American citizens on American soil. Then later he said he was just kidding. <laughs> I wonder how the Chinese or the Russians would take that if he threatened them with nuking them. But anyway, he... It's Representative Swalwell or Representative Swallows? I always get confused. <laughs> Yeah, he's trying to swallow some of the words he spit out there because now he's trying to backtrack a little bit on what he was doing. Hey, Democrats can back backtrack like a nobody's business. Yeah, he took his he took, went to Twitter again to uh, voice his disdain for gun owners, and naturally the NRA spoke up. And but he said, "Oh, the NRA hates me because they know I'm not the boogeyman that they want. I feel comfortable shooting guns. I do shoot guns." I think they want the person who's proposing tougher gun laws to be someone who's never handled a gun. But now let's look at this statement. I shoot guns. I'm comfortable with guns. He never said he owns a gun. He never said he's ever owned one. So I'm going, okay, so he's not a gun owner, but he's going to tell gun owners what they can and can't do. You know, And that's what we're going to do. We're going to keep shooting. At targets. Well, at, at targets. targets or criminals. You know, criminals who deserve it. That's right. You have to be very careful with that. We discussed that a week or so ago about getting your weapons permit and being the ideal citizen once you have it. So, but it's funny because there's there's a bigger issue here. Is people like Swalwell do everything in their power to segregate themselves from gun owners, and they're quick to stand and point a finger when something's not going their way, like when. Uh, when there's a shooting going on, oh, no, I'm anti-gun. I never stood for guns. I don't want any guns. And then, of course, as soon as that starts backfiring, people start looking at him as an anti-gun candidate. Then he starts backtracking. Oh, I feel comfortable with guns. I even shoot guns. Yeah, so he's they're basically playing both sides of the fence, as most politicians will do over and over again, never knowing when to just say that. Say what's on your mind. Say the truth. Say how you're going to stand when it comes to representing your constituents. Because they don't realize you're not a leader. You're not a ruler. You are a representative of the people who sent you there. And you need to pay attention to what they believe is correct, or at least to the Constitution that you swore an oath to. It is insane. Well, Roger, you need to only go back to when Obama was elected. They came out and said... Obama's ready to rule on day one. Not he's ready to govern on day one. He's ready to rule on day one. So there are lots of people out there who think that these are rulers and elitist rulers. And we have to remind people constantly we're a government of the people. For the people, by the people, elected by people to represent them. Okay, now this is another guy, 2020 candidate on the Democrat side. Now this is just one quote we got from him fellow named Andrew Yang. He said, 
I'll start. I'd start finding gun manufacturers one million dollars for each person killed by their weapons. Hmm. This would get more companies focused on how to keep guns out of the hands that would do do others harm. Now, if you think about this possibility, you're going to find a manufacturer for someone who misuses their product. Does that mean anybody who runs somebody over with a car is going to be sued? They're going to sue the car manufacturer for making the car. What about hammers, chainsaws? Knives, kitchen knives. That's right. Baseball bats. My hand. No, wait a minute. Power tools. Yeah. I mean, so we're going to go through and we're going to make a litigious society even more litigious. Right. And be able to extend it anywhere. So your ex-wife throws a coffee cup at you, hits you in the head. You sue the manufacturer of the coffee cup, not her. (laughs) Or your ex-wife throws a wrench or screwdriver or toolbox at you. Come on. Dodge. (laughs) Duck. Dive. (laughs) That's right. It just it opens up a whole new world as to what could possibly happen if the Democrats ever get power again and want to go crazy and just, you know, oh, bastardize the Constitution into some crazy socialist document. It's not like they pay attention to it much now anyway, and they don't think it applies to them. It's just one of those crazy things. Now, I wonder if Senator Yang had a company, if he would want to be held responsible for everything his company manufactured once it got gets out the factory door i don't know what somebody like him would manufacture but you know who knows and then of course another 2020 candidate coming out because i think he he thought you know i'm becoming irrelevant in this conversation no one's paying attention to me anymore so he's waving a big flag saying come look at me come look at me senator cory booker in a desperate attempt to stay relevant unveiled a rather ambitious gun control proposal on Monday to prove to Democrat voters that he's not Swalwell because he's the most anti-gun candidate out there. (laughs) Oh, this this was brilliant also. I couldn't... I, I don't think he's even read the Constitution. His idea was one that says, okay, we're going to have the most sweeping gun violence prevention proposal ever. He's going to ban assault weapons, blah, 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 high-capacity magazines, blah, 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 gun show loopholes, and bulk purchases of firearms. (coughs) But there's one that's earning more attention than the rest. He's going, you're going to need a license to own a gun. After all, you need one to drive a car. Hmm. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, I've read the Constitution dozens of times, and I couldn't find the amendment that says I have the right to drive a car. Now, I don't know. Did I miss it somewhere? Is it is there some other part of the Constitution I haven't seen yet? Maybe it was buried with the Dead Sea Scrolls or something. I'm not sure. It's on that revised edition, the, the living, breathing Constitution that the Democrats love to talk about. Well, where's the right to drive? Did they add that somewhere? Oh, in their world, in their mind. And there's a right to health care, don't you know? Oh, right, right. But the government should pay for that. Yeah, the right to drive. I'm going, I always was told driving was a privilege, thus the reason for a license. Not only is it a privilege, it's, you know, there's state roads and federal roads, and you have the privilege. I guess you're right. If you drive on your own private roads, your own private land, you don't need a license. You don't. You can do whatever you you want on your own land, your own, as long as you don't run anybody over, unless you're trespassing. You can be 10 years old and drive a car on a farm and not be arrested or ticketed or anything like that. Right. Just given proper instruction and shown what to do and what not to do. Imagine that. Giving somebody proper instruction in something that they should eventually learn to do anyway. But that's just, it just, it's, oh, could you imagine if we start applying for a license to exercise every constitutional right? The first thing I'd want to do is make Cory Booker get a license to exercise his freedom of speech. 
because he is abusing that right. I would like for Booker and a lot of these to uh, exercise their freedom to not speak. Well, yeah, if they don't have a permit or a license, they should not be able to speak. <laughs> I mean, if they want to license every constitutional right that we have, that's going to be a long list, and that's going to change things drastically in the way the Constitution is read. I just can't believe he just came out with this license thing. And it just makes you wonder, if they want a license, then they know who's got the guns, they know what guns you have, they want you to register your guns, what's the next step? Well, let's see, in Venezuela in 2012... They took all the guns away from everybody. And then in 2018, they're shooting their own citizens who can't defend themselves because they gave up their guns. And they didn't even have a constitutional right to have them. But the whole thing, he's just he's spouting all these things that have nothing to do with gun control because he talks about, uh, you know, the gun show loophole and high capacity which we're going to call standard capacity magazines and assault rifles which are no such thing they're simply Mm -hmm. modern sporting rifles because assault rifle would imply they're select fire they fire fully automatic they don't but you know booker claims his plan is simple we'll just make it harder for people who should not have a gun to get one now that's not a terrible idea but if you punish everybody who wasn't involved who should who should who can have a gun, punish them as well. That's ridiculous. It's like there was another politician who once said, if we just take the guns out of gun stores, then nobody would be able to get them. And I thought, oh, yeah, that, why don't we do that with meth and with cocaine? Take it out of the drug stores, and then nobody will be able to get it. But then I went into a CVS and said, where's the meth? And they kind of looked at me funny, and I walked around. I didn't see it listed on the signs anywhere. So if it's not in the stores, how do people get it? I don't understand. Yeah, show me the last criminal who went and bought his gun from off the shelves of a store or right. a gun show. Exactly, and did it legally. Yeah, they don't do it. It's insane. Criminals are always going to take the path to least resistance. They're not going to go and and put themselves under a background check when they've probably got uh, warrants outstanding. They're not going to go do a background check to get a gun. Now, that would be something I would like to see. Now, this statistic is old. It's probably from 10 or 15 years ago. But in one particular state, they kept records of anybody who was not supposed to be able to buy a weapon. And when they attempted to, they, of course, stopped the sale. But they prosecuted 0% of the people who attempted to buy guns illegally. Hmm. I mean, these are guys who are on patrol, on parole, ex-convicts, people who are drug dealers, people who have a history of mental illness and they're trying to buy guns and they don't punish them in any way just tell them no you can't have one they're violating the law just by attempting to buy one but if they don't prosecute anybody what's to keep them from trying again or waiting for there to be some loophole where the system crashes and they end up getting one somehow through some computer glitch there's just no way to to prevent that kind of thing but at least start by prosecuting the ones who attempt to buy a weapon illegally. That way at least it will discourage people from trying more than once. Or the Democrats, when they voted against reporting illegal aliens who try to buy weapons. Instead, they just said, oh, no, we're not going to report them. We're just going to deny them the gun. So I have a comment real quick from a listener. You know, you're talking about uh, having a license to drive a car. Well, if they want to go that route, then where's my national carry permit? Right. Get a license, and then it's good in every single state. Oh, wouldn't that be interesting? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that would be, I'm sure they, oh, no, it doesn't apply to gun licenses, just to car licenses. Absolutely. They'd come up with another reason, and then they would turn it into uh, gun registration because that's basically what they're trying to do. Oh, yeah. it's is, The first step they have to do is registration so they know where the guns are so they can take them to prevent anybody from resisting. Oh, yeah. The, <laughs> the last thing you want is the your government knowing that every gun you own and, and how many you own. That's right, and what kind they are, and when they're going to come take them. Well, you're listening to America's Web Radio. I'm Roger B., and this is Locked and Loaded. We'll be back in a minute. The Docs for Patient Care Foundation is your way to join the fight and become a member of an organization created by doctors for patients dedicated to fighting for your health care freedom and preserving the doctor-patient relationship. Get a pen and paper. Write down www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. That's www.docsforpatientcarefoundation.org. Go to our site and please make a generous tax-deductible donation and join the fight today. Thank you. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is around town movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around town movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, around town movers, in my opinion, are the best. That's Around Town Movers. Call them. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. I am Roger B., and this is America's Web Radio, and this is Locked and Loaded. All the information that we can bring you about guns and gun-related stories now, however, I did find one that I just saw that was so interesting, I had to bring it up anyway. This would be under reasons to own a gun. The Border Patrol agents recently arrested 13 illegal immigrants disguised as U.S. Marines riding in a fake military van trying to cross the border. So if you don't think this is an invasion, people, you need to pay attention. They're dressing as United States military personnel in order to cross the border to get in here. Now, who knows what they do once they get in, but apparently they were near Pine Valley, California, and they said two U.S. citizens were arrested also in the van. It was stopped because of a secondary inspection to determine that the driver of the vehicle and its front seat passengers were indeed U.S. citizens and were attempting to smuggle 13 illegal immigrants into the U.S. All of the, ve- all of the vehicle's occupants were wearing U.S. Marine uniforms emblazoned with one name, Perez. So there were a whole bunch of Perez's in the van, 13 of them to be exact. And this just gives you an idea of the lengths that people will go to to avoid detection and to get people into the country. And there's money in it. People will bring them in because the money's there. These people probably each paid a huge sum of money to get them smuggled into the country. The whole Perez family was going through all at once, apparently. But according to the California uh El Centro Border Intelligence Center, 
It was a privately owned vehicle registered out of, out of Yucca, California, Yucca Valley, California, and it was not a military van, although it was supposed to be disguised as such. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting the way they did this. So just be aware. Last time we talked about all the uh, <clears throat> the violence against conservative people and conservative supporters, and now you find people smuggling, they trying to smuggle themselves into the border dressed as Marine officials. And there was also the case where the Marines were stopped by Mexican police and disarmed because they thought they were on the wrong side of the border. Now, the Marines could have caused a bigger incident, but instead they complied and they eventually got their weapons back and were released. And then they made the report. I know a lot of people are really mad about this and said the Marines should have fought their way out of this. But you know what? It probably avoided an international incident for them just to go along go through smoothly, get it out of the way, and then report it later and work on fixing the problem. At least they, they didn't do anything to the Marines other than search them, search their equipment, telling them they were on the wrong side of the border, but they were not. But you got to realize, when coming through the border, an estimated 7,000 vehicles come through two checkpoints every day. So it's it's almost impossible to be able to stop every single vehicle and catch Everybody trying to come through. In fact, you figure if they caught these 13 people, how many people came through undetected? Ten times as many? A hundred times as many? There's no telling. And these are people who are not necessarily willing to follow the law once they get here. So, you know, again, one more reason to go out, get your gun permit, get some training, learn what to do in case of an emergency. And that's one thing we discussed a week or so ago. We talked about getting a gun permit. Now, one thing we didn't discuss is the liability when you do have one. You have to remember when you have this, you have to look at scenarios extremely carefully. For instance, there was a um, an incident where a gentleman came out of his house to people yelling and screaming in the neighbor's yard. Turns out it was his two neighbors, a guy and a woman. The guy was yelling at this girl, pushing her, fighting with her, and he had a gun tucked in his in his pants. So this gentleman went over there trying to break them up and interfere. Victor? So I got to know. How do you know it was a gun in my pants? Maybe he was just happy to see her. <laughs> but apparently he went over there, interfered, pushed the guy down, pulled his own gun, and held him at gunpoint until the police arrived. Now, when the police arrived, the girlfriend jumped to the defense of her boyfriend, saying, this guy interfered with us, we were just having a discussion, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, the guy who saved this woman from getting beaten, maybe shot, is he's the criminal now. He's the, he's the, uh, the bad guy. So when you carry one, you can't come to everybody's defense First and foremost, your family, your friends, people who you know when they're in a bad situation, when they need help. But this lady, I mean, she apparently she needed help, but she stood on the side of her abuser. So, and what state was that, Roger? I don't remember. I honestly don't. Uh, because, you know, there are good Samaritan laws in some Some states areas, you're required states. to intervene mm-hmm. if you deem it necessary. But, again... He- no good deed goes unpunished. unpunished. Well, here's what I would say. In the age of technology, uh, if you're going to jump in and help somebody, and if you can... Video record, first. Video everything. Video everything or get somebody say, hey, I'm going to go help this situation. Tell your friend to start start recording. Right. If you have somebody there, that's that would be extremely mm-hmm. helpful in keeping things on the up and up. But granted, I mean, unless he actually... Unless it was evidence that he was actually threatening her life... 
then he may not have been justified in pulling his weapon out. You know, he could have slapped her around a little bit, but to threaten well, somebody with assault. Dead, but you can't threaten somebody with deadly. You don't force have to threaten them. You can just say. Yeah, stop I, or else? Yeah. Well, you can say, hey, you're assaulting her. You need to stop. I'm calling authorities the Authorities have been called. There you go. And as a citizen, you're going to stay right here until those authorities get you. Know, you can do stuff. But, you know, look, I agree with you. I I wouldn't go. You don't want to go pulling your weapon willy-nilly. Well, yeah, especially in that situation because you don't yeah. know where anybody's loyalty stand. Now, there was another scenario similar, but this time the guy hears a knock on his door. It's the neighbor. It's a lady from next door, his neighbor. She stands there and tells him, he's going to kill me. Oh, my God, I'm so scared. I'm afraid he's going to kill me. And then the guy comes walking over with a gun in his hand. She jumps into the door and hides behind this guy. And he comes and approaches the neighbor wanting to get to his wife, girlfriend. I don't remember the details. Now, this guy pulled his own gun out and backed the guy down. And he was perfectly justified because he was on his own property. And she was willing to say that this guy was trying to hurt her. So, you know, it, you have to be extremely careful in situations like this because, you know, a bullet, once it's fired, cannot be called back. And every bullet fired has a lawyer attached to it. That's the way you have to assume things are going to go when you have a weapon in your hand. A leftist trial lawyer attached to it. Of course, of course. <laughs> they have to know that they're going to make some money on it and they're going to win and find you guilty and take you for everything you've got, You know, even though you were just trying to help somebody. This might be a good time to mention a good idea to have around your home would be the ring system, the ring camera system. Oh, yes. Any kind of video doorbell mm-hmm. or video cameras around the house to vi- to to verify any story that came out. Because video goes a long way to, to yeah. discouraging people from lying. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's... it's it's going to protect you, folks. Any video you have. I mean, I, I kind of hate it that everywhere you go now, you're pretty much – you need to assume that you're on somebody's right. video camera. Some kind of camera. But when it comes to your home and your personal effects, there are some great systems out there that uh, I encourage everyone to get. Yes, any of the two-way where you can talk to somebody who rings your doorbell, even if you're not home, that is brilliant. I mean, it sounds like you go, I'm in the basement. Don't make me <laughs> c- come up there. What do you yeah. want? Right. Uh, I, I have a system like that, and I was standing in southern Mexico, almost at the border of Guatemala, and was able to answer my doorbell. Uh, so it is great. You know, we might have to do a show, Roger, uh, just on these Security type of systems. systems other than guns. <clears throat> other than guns, is absolutely. And uh, because this show is about just about self-protection, not not only guns. And so maybe we'll talk about that, and who knows, we'll get a few sponsors out of it. Well, that would be interesting to know. If you had a camera at your front door and someone's banging on your door at 3 in the morning, you could flip that camera on and see what was going on, see what you're getting into, not open the door to three guys with baseball bats and get your get your ass handed to you. You'd be much more prepared because then when if, if you open the door, they'd be answering face-to-face with your shotgun or your pistol mm-hmm. or your or your modern sporting weapon. Don't call it an assault rifle. It's not an assault rifle. I personally, for home defense, recommend the KSG series from Caltech. <laughs> Brought to you by no. yeah, 15 rounds of 12 gauge. That would certainly take care of it. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, I was talking about the gun control early, and all these guys want to take away every possible right and make you jump through as many hoops as possible in order to just exercise a right that is guaranteed in the Constitution. Now, I understand you don't want criminals having guns, so you have to determine, you know, who is a criminal and who is not. But almost every gun sold new has a background check on it. You can't go to a gun show and buy one from a dealer there without a background check. Even though all these 
left-sided representatives would have you believe that they just hand out guns like cookies at gun shows. All you have to do is show up and they give you one. <laughs> it is not the case, unfortunately, or I would go to a lot more gun shows. Yeah, me too. We, we talk about gun control, but you know we have to discuss it as arms control, not necessarily just guns, because there are so many other ways to defend yourself that are not necessarily a gun. In fact, uh, the Iowa State University had an issue where there were people walking around on campus with three handguns and one rifle that were confiscated by the police. And one of them at least had a laser attached to it, which obviously you have a laser on a weapon. It's meant to intimidate somebody because they can see where you're pointing it. Later on, they determined they were just BB guns, but they scared neighbors and they got criminal charges brought against them for assault because they were threatening people. And those people couldn't tell whether they were BB guns or not. So then they decided, you know what, we have to decide what's allowed on campus and what isn't. And the big uh, discussion there was whether they should allow stun guns or tasers. Now, a stun gun is simply a defensive weapon that imparts high-voltage shock to its, to its victims if you touch them, while a taser is actually considered a firearm. You have to buy it just as you would a firearm because it uses an explosive charge to fire the little electronic pin which shocks people and makes them lose control of their, well, you know. <laughs> it makes them fall down pretty good, too. If you've ever seen guys running, get hit by a taser, so much fun. <laughs> it's oh. quite fun. And, uh, yes, I would like a bazooka. Yes, well, bazookas would be great. You know, they're protected under the Second Amendment. It says arms shall not be infringed. It doesn't specify which ones. It does not. It's like and a friend of mine was telling me, I want to buy a tank. I go, then why don't you buy one? He goes, because they cost too much. I go, well, finance it. <laughs> he goes, so then they'll just come to my house and co- try and collect when I don't pay the bill. He goes, but that's okay because you have a tank. You have a tank. <laughs> and for that short period of time, you have a tank. That's right. And you'll be able to run them over. What are they going to do? You know, if you're in your tank, what are they going to do to you? <laughs> but anyway, they were discussing whether or not they should allow any type of weapons on campus or what they should limit. And as you can tell, they had four guys running around with weapons threatening people. And these law-abiding citizens had no way to defend themselves because they had laws or rules mm-hmm. against having guns on campus. So basically, everybody on campus was a victim in this gun-free zone. A victim, a target, you name it. I call it a defense-free zone because you can't defend yourself. Mm-hmm. You're a defenseless zone. Well, think about what these people are doing. Uh, well, actually... Uh, I think you got to go to your next to break. And this is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B. And we'll be right back with Locked and Loaded. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Ordinance disposal, yeah. 
didn't find. Family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back to America's Web Web Radio. I am Roger B. And this is Locked and Loaded, where we talk about gun stuff. If you have any comments, um, well, we're going to work on that. I have a Facebook page, Roger on Radio on Facebook. You can leave me questions or comments there, and I'll see if I can get to those. We're going to work on getting the technology to be able to do that live shortly. We are doing it live. Well, no, but I mean to be able to answer (laughs) Facebook questions live. Yes. Now, Right now, you can go to America's Web Radio on Facebook. And if you want to see my ugly mug, there it is, trying to be hidden behind the microphone screen. But mm, you can probably see around it once in a while when I get a little passionate about what I'm saying. Roger hides behind the microphone on purpose. That's right. I have a face for radio. <laughs> anyway, okay, one more thing. I know I talked about this. The, the California magazine ban was lifted for one glorious week, and magazines flowed into California. Well, on Monday, Colorado's high court announced they have decided to hear a continued challenge to the state's restriction on gun magazines. So hopefully this is an effect that's going to flow throughout all these states that have restrictions because shall not be infringed would be equivalent to shall not be restricted. So the case was brought by two by an individual and two Second Amendment groups, the National Association for Gun Rights and Rocky Mountain Gun Owners, that take issue with the state's 15-round limit to magazines adopted in 2013. And they were arguing, of course, that the right to bear arms clause of the Colorado Constitution, as well as the federal Constitution, was trampled by the magazine cap. And they said this was unconstitutional, should not be upheld. So... I look forward to seeing how this is going to pan out, especially after seeing the California ban gone away for a brief time. Of course, it was reinstated almost one week exactly, so they had one week to get stuff in there. But hopefully this is a trend that's going to continue, and judges will realize if they want to be accurate, interpret the Constitution properly, that there is no way they should be able to ban magazines. They probably shouldn't be able to ban almost anything. I mean, if you want a tank... Who's going to stop you? But anyway, it was just kind of funny because this came on the heels of the California ban being lifted for a week. And funny enough, I actually took a trip to the left, co- I mean West Coast, <laughs> just last yeah, week. Right. So uh, I was the there. And I thought, you know what? Let's go to a gun. Let's go to a gun store just so we can laugh at everybody and what they can't have. I so, like going to California gun stores and going. Haha! I live in Georgia. <laughs> Oh, we can't have that. Oh, I can. <laughs> yeah, I can. I like going in and saying, I would like to purchase such and such, and they go, mm, that's illegal here. <laughs> well, I can go back to Georgia. Ship it home to Georgia for me. It's legal there. 
So I stopped in. We stopped in just for kicks. We stopped into this gun shop slash range to kind of see what things look like there. And after all, with the magazine band, the pistol roster, I figured there'd be a few six shooters and some bolt action and lever action guns in there. That was it. But I was kind of surprised because I walked in and saw a bunch of modern pistols, semi-automatic rifles. So I thought to myself, what gives? How'd you guys get these? I thought these were all illegal. Turns out California has some pretty ingenious people working hard to do the end around on some of the draconian gun laws that they seem to have in place. Now, the gentleman we spoke to at the range was pretty helpful. He was very friendly, and he helped us out. And you could tell he was not a big fan of most of the – he could see his disdain for the current anti-Second Amendment laws that were there. And so we walked in. We browsed a little bit, saw rows of Glock pistols. And the only thing unusual about this, I saw, you know, they're all third-generation Glocks. And I'm thinking, I thought they quit making those, but apparently they still make them, probably just for California. And then going on down a little further, and I see, oh, there's two used Glocks. Hey, those are Gen 4s. Those are $850 for a used Gen 4 Glock. I'm like, okay, something's weird here. Because the regular Gen 3s were about the standard price, about five and a half. So how is it a used Generation 4 is $300 more than a Generation 3? I didn't understand. Apparently, there's a, well, I don't know if you want to call it a loophole, a provision which allows law enforcement officers can buy any gun without having to worry about their roster restrictions and then resell them later to private citizens, you know, and they don't have to be on the roster. Now, a lot of you don't understand. Okay, I'm going to go into this a little bit because a lot of you are hearing this word roster or the roster and don't know what it is. Let me explain. Layman's terms, please. Well, California terms. (laughs) I don't believe any other state has this in place yet. So you're going to dissect liberal speak. We're going to try. But I think they intentionally leave it vague so they can interpret it however they need to at the time. Now, for those of you who don't know, back in 2001, it basically stated any pistol in California to regular citizens, or peasants that I call them, since politicians and law enforcement are usually exempt from most of these ridiculous laws, but us peasants, if you live there, have to abide by them, must pass a quote-unquote safety inspection, and of which the most notable part of the safety inspection is that the gun must be able to micro-stamp an identifying mark onto the fired shell to link it to that particular weapon that it was fired from. So basically, they pick up the brass, they can look at this mark, check it, see which gun it came from, know who bought the gun, and track it back to whoever owned it. Of course, what I always thought is I would just go collecting brass at the range, and uh, you scatter those anywhere. (laughs) Really have the uh, California Bureau of Investigation running around wild trying to figure that one out. (laughs) But also, so basically, if a company doesn't want to sub- supply a gun or multiple guns to submit for testing every year, it will essentially fall off the roster list and not be available for sale in California anymore. So you're thinking, okay, so everything there is pretty old because nothing new manufactured or new model is allowed to be sold except through these weird exemptions. But just to give you an idea of how lopsided this is, I looked at – you can go to the, the roster list in California and look this up. This was just this past year. They had a list of guns that came off the list. These are guns that are no longer be allowed to be sold in California. The list is 63 pages long with about 20 entries per page. And then I looked at the list of guns added to the roster, which could be sold. It was six entries, six guns they added to the roster list. So they took off hundreds and added six. 
Now, I'm thinking at this rate, it's not going to be long till you're not going to be able to buy hardly anything except old used junk in California. You know, they're not going to make anything anymore that still meets these requirements because every time they come up with a new model or change the name of the model, they must submit a new one. And if it's a new model, it must meet the micro stamping requirement, which means unless that ever becomes feasible or possible even to do, then California is going to lose the right to buy any kind of new handguns. And this is what I've referred to as the boiling frog syndrome. Mm-hmm. Those of you who don't know, you put the frog in a pan of hot water, it jumps right out. Put the pan, frog in a pan of cold water and slowly heat it up, he'll sit there until you have frog soup. He won't jump out. And the funny thing is no one out there seems to be terribly concerned about it. I mean, they're, I guess they're a little disgusted with it, the people who are active enthusiasts, but the regular people out there don't care. They just, I guess because the celebrities have their own armed guards that can get whatever they want. They find a way around the system. And the rest of us peasants just have to deal with whatever's left. We get the scraps. But that's pretty much how it's always been when you have some sort of people who believe they are above the law. So politicians and law enforcement, they're all exempt from this. Well, remember, the elitists will never be subject. Right, exactly, because they the, keep themselves in power somehow. Yeah. Look, the ones who run around saying that they want to ban guns are the ones who have armed security everywhere they go. Exactly. And they probably carry guns that are not on the California roster <laughs> list of approved weapons, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet. Oh, Politicians sure. and celebrities probably find a way around this somehow. Oh, California's just trying another way to ban guns. Right. And they can ban, ban them not, all yeah. eventually like this. Mm-hmm. Now, there was one hopeful note to this. A few, a few weeks ago, a judge overturned the California magazine ban, and for one glorious week... Mm-hmm. California citizens could get standard capacity, formerly known as high-capacity, magazines for their ARs, their Glocks, their Springfields, whatever else they had. They could buy standard-capacity magazines for them. And I questioned the guy at the store and asked him about it. He goes, yes, we were getting hundreds of calls every day, people trying to buy them. We didn't get into getting any because we weren't sure how long we'd be able to sell them for. But he said they've checked numbers, they've looked at shipments, they've talked to distributors, they estimated in one week... They shipped an estimated 1.3 million standard capacity magazines into California during that one week. Hmm. Now, I was I was kind of curious myself as to I wonder how many magazines were miraculously recovered from these boating accidents I keep hearing about out there, and were suddenly able to be put back into service because now they were acquired during a time when the law didn't apply. So. Hmm. I thought, you know, that that would be a good time for a lot of things to start popping up. They said there was a... To surface, so to speak? Yes, to come to the light. <laughs> surface. <laughs> and, I'm pretty, I be, and I heard you know, I heard rumors about people digging in the desert to recover things. I didn't know what all that was about, but... You know, jewelry, watches. That's right. You know, high-capacity magazines or standard-capacity magazines. Pennies. <laughs> yeah, false steel. Now, with regard to the modern sporting rifles, which Californians label, or the California lawmakers label as assault rifles, but they're not, they're just sporting rifles, they have a lot of weird restrictions about this, and it's all kept very vague. And the reason why they keep it vague is to allow interpretation as they want. But they have, they have something called the featureless stock, which cannot have a vertical pistol grip, but a regular standard sporting type pistol grip is okay. And you can't have a flash hider, but a muzzle brake is okay. Now, the strangest thing I was shown was a, a device that allows the bottom and top half of an AR to be partially disassembled. Now, you think, why would anybody want to do that? 
Well, the reason is if you have to partially disassemble the weapon to change the magazine, then you don't need the dreaded California bullet button, which is a mag release that requires a sharp point to be poked into a little hole to be able to release the magazine. And this finds a way around it. What they did, it was shown to me on an AR-10. And I'm going to see if I can describe this without showing it to you. There's a lever that attaches to the rear takedown pin. The lever rotates down. This pops the upper and lower halves of the AR apart about a quarter of an inch. That allows the magazine button to be pushed and the mag to come out and changed. When the gun is pushed together, the magazine button does not work. So you flip the lever on the lower takedown pin. The gun comes apart a quarter of an inch. You pull the mag out. You switch it. You you swing the lever back and put it back together. So it just goes to show you, people in California are not just sitting by accepting all these restrictions. They're finding ways around them. Because true Americans are really ingenious, and they will find a, a solution to almost any problem or situation. So... And one of the saddest things I heard is that most of the local ranges have to be concerned with the California Department of Justice officers visiting their ranges and looking for individuals using anything that they classify as violating their assault rifle ban or uh, capacity mag- their magazine capacity ban. And apparently, if anybody finds somebody like this, they call all the other ranges. They have like a little phone tree. It goes out, let everybody know what this guy looks like, you know, what he's driving, whatever information they get. They pass it along quickly, so if they have any of their customers who are using something that might be suspect, they tell them, put that away, don't shoot that, at least for the next few days, or can't have anybody out there doing that. And you may wonder, is this really a problem? Well, there's a video out there of California DOJ officers confiscating some AR pistols from a guy who actually tried to follow the rules. He registered them as he was supposed to resulting in them coming to his house, asking to see the weapons. When they saw them, they said, okay, pistols are no longer legal. With the new laws we passed, you have to hand these in. And he said, well, can I get compensation for them? Do I get them back? Do I have to apply for something? They go, right now, all we can do is take them, and there's nothing else we can tell you other than that. And a lot of this is done at law enforcement discretion. They decide what they want to do. And apparently most law enforcement are not on the side of the citizens. And that is where the biggest problem is. There are places where law enforcement has decided they will not bow down. They will stand up for the Second Amendment and not enforce laws that they deem as illegal or improper or violating the Constitution. They took an oath to uphold the Constitution, swore to uphold it, and now they're being told to follow laws that violate this, which apparently some of them have good moral fiber and realize that's not the case. They don't need to do that. So let's hope there's more and more of those coming out. And you law enforcement officers, if anybody's listening, please, we appreciate the fact that you pay attention to what you're doing and you realize that the lawmakers are not your guide, that the Constitution is your guide, and you should follow that. That's what you swore to uphold. So let's see if we can make that happen. They would all live by that. What a glorious day. Imagine if the representatives lived by that. It'd be glorious. Yes. We'll be back in a moment. This is America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded, and I am Roger B. Hi, my name is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show on America's Web Radio, talking to you about anti-car insurance. Uh, in this hobby, 
that I've been part of for years. Not all insurance companies and insurance coverage is the same. I would suggest that you call J.C. Taylor or visit jctaylor.com to find out some information about some of the best antique car insurance you can get, such as agreed value uh, insurance for your classic car. Again, if you're when you get ready to to uh, insure your classic classic antique or even your street ride, call J.C. Taylor Insurance or visit jctaylor.com. Quick stakes. That's Q-U-I-K Stakes are not just for surveyors. They are great for family and community gardens. Go online to www.quickstake.com or contact your local land surveying supply dealer and get you a box of Quick Stakes. You'll love them every year when you plant your garden. Again, that's Quick Stakes, Q-U-I-K Stakes, the truly preferred way to stake and identify what's in your garden now. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. And this is Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio, where we try to talk about everything gun. Not all at once, of course, but one thing at a time. And previously we were talking about rights and uh, carrying your gun and state laws in California, which just seem to be absolutely insane. But now we're going to talk about something new. There's a firearms company out there. that They're an established company. Everyone will know their name. But I'm going to give you a description of what they're bringing out first and see how many people get excited about this. It's going to have a a a four-and-a-quarter-inch barrel that's threaded, so it's suppressor-ready. The slide will also be cut for for optics, so you'll be able to put optics on it without having to do any additional slide cuts or modifying anything. It's going to have a double stack magazine, ambidextrous mag release, and the trigger should be at a pull of around five pounds. It'll also have a grip safety built in as well. Now, here's the part that's really interesting. The MSRP on this gun is going to be about $200. That's right, $200. Not $1,200, $200. Now, the company bringing this out is High Point Firearms. Now, I know most of you laugh whenever I say that, but it looks like they're moving things in the right direction to try and modernize some of their production. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever owned one of these. I've actually fired a few of them, and overall, I didn't have any problems with it. It never jammed. It worked perfectly. It was heavy as a boat anchor, but other than that, it worked. And there was a few things I didn't care for, like, say, single-stack mag and the fact that it was a proprietary mag, which most pistol manufacturers actually do now. But they are going to try and get into the game a little bit here. And at the price they're talking about, I'm really interested in getting my hands on one of these and see what they've done. Now, this was at the NRA show, and I did not get to go this year, but I've been reading articles and seeing posts and everything. So I'm going to try and bring you guys some more new gun stuff that I think is noteworthy. I know a lot of you are still laughing. When you get finished and get up off the floor, sit back and listen to what this gun's got. It's amazing. The slide has been slimmed down on both sides. It's got chambered down. It's got front serrations on the front and the back. Now, they haven't named this gun yet, but it's supposed to be ready by this fall. So I'm really, really interested to see what this thing's come out to because if they can – 
get that trigger under five pounds and get the weight of the gun considerably less, then you know what? This might be something where a $200 gun would be great to keep in a truck or an SUV or something just to have a spare, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. Plus, with a double-stack mag, you're going to increase the capacity over what any other high point's got. And this may be something to follow in the future. Who knows? I say I'd be interested in something at that price point if it really performs like most other high points I've used, especially if they bring the double-stack mag out and some of their carbines. That would be something to, to really be interested in. In fact, we spoke about pistol-caliber carbines a week or so ago, and now I'm going to bring up some other subject. We're going to talk about rifle-caliber pistols. Now, these have been around for a long time. And up until just recently, they've been considered kind of novelties because their use is – using them has been rather awkward. I mean, especially like in an AR platform, you've got this buffer tube sticking off the back, and you have to hold the grip and try and hold the front end somehow and brace this thing while you're shooting a five, five, six, three hundred 300 blackout, any other rifle caliber cartridge through a probably five, six, seven, eight pound handgun while trying to hold it with two hands and not being able to brace it as you would a standard rifle. Well, back in 2012, the firearms industry was thrown for a loop because a former veteran was helping other disabled veterans shoot and, uh, you know, kind of build some confidence back up. And he was noticing that some of the guys were having trouble holding a pistol chambered for rifle caliber. And like I say, they're big, they're heavy, they're awkward, they're difficult to handle in any case. And he developed something called a pistol brace. Now, those of you who know, know this has changed the game when it comes to rifle caliber pistols. Because a pistol brace is a piece of plastic or rubber that slides on the end of the buffer tube and has a, a Velcro strap that allows you to strap it to your forearm. Probably somewhere behind the wrist and in front of the elbow. Gives you extra support with the with the weapon. Now, what people realize is with this large brace in place, it was easy to put this thing up next to your cheek and even brace it against your shoulder a little bit and use it as a stock. So in 2014, I believe, NF, uh, the BATF said, no, if you touch it to your shoulder, it changes to a short barrel rifle. And then six months later, they pulled that decision back and said, no, you can put it anywhere you want. It doesn't change it from a pistol to a rifle. So now you could have a pistol with a brace on it that could be used, I guess, as a stock. But it's not a stock. It's a brace. And this company was called SB Tactical. Now, if you're familiar with their products, they're always on the very front edge of innovating when it comes to this invention. In fact, they sold the rights to the first one to SIG, and they came out with the SIG brace. And it was amazing because now you could get essentially a short barrel rifle without the $200 tax, without an extensive background check. Now, for those of you who don't know, the short barrel, I mean, a short barrel rifle doesn't do anything a long barrel rifle does except have a shorter barrel. It doesn't fire any faster. It doesn't do anything magical. It just has a shorter barrel on it. Because for some reason in 1934, they decided that any barrel less than 16 inches should not be legal on a rifle. And I, for the life of me, cannot find out why they thought that was an issue, except for maybe concealment. You can conceal a shorter-barreled rifle a little easier. But now, for as little as probably 100 bucks or less even, you can buy a pistol brace, put it on your rifle-caliber pistol, and use it as an SBR without having to jump through all the hoops. And it's just been amazing. 
and the technology has advanced even, and the ATF is becoming more lenient in what they allow because now they have an adjustable pistol brace that fits on the end of a standard carbine buffer tube, which means you can take your carbine buffer carbine rifle or carbine rifle carbine buffer and put a a pistol brace on it and put it on a barrel less than 16 inches. So now you can have an adjustable pistol brace on the end of your rifle caliber pistol. That's a mouthful. But anyway, and then also they, they decided, you know what, this would work well for pistol caliber carbines as well. So now the MP5s, the MPXs, and even the the high points, anything that's a pistol caliber carbine, you can put a folding stock on, and you can keep the barrel length under 16 inches. So actually, that wouldn't be a pistol caliber carbine. That would be a pistol caliber pistol, but in a carbine configuration. So now, all of a sudden, no more, very few people applying for SBRs now because why bother? The stock, the brace is there. It functions similar to a stock, and there are no restrictions in being able to use it however you want to. So, and it also helped develop newer cartridges to be used in some of these rifle caliber pistols, like the 300 Blackout. All of a sudden, it was a cartridge that was designed to burn powder in 10 inches of barrel or less. So now you could run a, a pistol with a 10 inch barrel with a stock on it that was able to be adjusted for shoulder use. So it just makes all the jumping through hoops pretty much all go away. And the company has come out with so many different varieties. You can get them for the HK91s and a, and a 308 caliber pistol. They make them for a variety of uh, AR platforms. You make them for uh, AKs. Now, the neat thing about the AK pistol brace is a lot of these can fold over, meaning you can fold that over on a 9-inch or 10-inch AK pistol barrel and have a very small package. Now, that would be great, I would think, if you lived in a place where you had animal pests such as coyotes or hogs or anything else that could do damage, and you needed something with a little more pop than a 9- or 10-millimeter pistol, that you could put it on an AK or something. You could fold it up, and the whole thing would be less than 15 inches long. You get out of your truck or your tractor, you pop the stock open, boom, you're ready to go, and you've got rifle power in a super compact package. And that would be the biggest use to me for something like that. As far as somebody using it for nefarious purposes, I doubt they're going to care whether it's got a 12-inch barrel or a 16-inch barrel because people are going to break the law, going to cut barrels off, do whatever they want to them anyway. But anyway, it's just it had changed the whole face of why someone would want a rifle-caliber pistol because now you can have one, turn it into essentially an SBR, but it's not a rifle. It is a pistol. So you get to buy it just as, and you can purchase this just as you can any, any standard handgun. If you can own a standard handgun in your state, you can buy one of these pistols either with or without the stock. A lot of them are coming with the stocks now, so you just buy them and they're ready to go. And they use full standard capacity or in California high capacity magazines. So you can have 30, 60, 100 rounds with this rifle caliber pistol. And be able to have a stock on it that's short, and the whole package is tiny, easy to carry, fits in a case with extra magazines. It is, I just, I can't get over how great they are. Right. The pistol braces, most of them are around probably $75 to $150. The, one of the best ones out there is SB Tacticals SB3, SBA3, and it's fully adjustable, comes with the carbine buffer tube, 
and it runs 129.95 retail, which means street price is probably close to 100 bucks. Now that's cheaper than trying to pay the $200 tax to get an SBR approved, and you don't have to wait the six to nine months or a year to get your tax stamp to be able to use it. Here you get it right out of the box, you're off and running. So I really think what this is going to do is really hurt the application for SBRs in the future. Now, of course, if you want to put a suppressor on something, you're going to have to still wait your turn because as of yet, we have no no way of knowing whether or not the, what we call it, the um, Hearing Protection Act is ever going to make it into being in, into, into existence because that would just change everything. Then suppressors would be like buying a standard weapon and the pistol brace would make it like a shorter weapon and you could protect your hearing good shoot on your own farm and not have to worry about hearing protection with subsonic cartridges. So 300 blackout, 9mm 45, anything like that could be fired with a suppressor with no hearing protection and no damage. Well, I'm glad you're able to join us. This is Locked and Loaded. I'm Roger B., and you're listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.